All right, we've got uh, Brew Coven on the go. This is Dark Pony. Um, we are at Bailbreaker in its most physical form out here in Yakima Valley, and we have John um, with us today. You want to say hi to our listeners? How are we doing, everybody? Uh, well, welcome, John. Um, so we're super stoked. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you as well. Um, we're having a good time, surrounded by some some beautiful hop trellises. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Bailbreaker, um, huge pioneers as far as IPAs are concerned in Washington, and not only Washington, but I would argue to say the entire United States. Um, we're looking at um, some beautiful acreage as far as hops are concerned out here in Yakima, and uh, these guys have really done a whole lot to pioneer IPAs and, and other styles of beers, uh, utilizing some great Yakima source hops and putting out some fucking clean, clean beer as far as as, as I think a lot of us are concerned here in the beer community. Um, but I'll hand it all off over here uh, to John, and he can tell you a little bit about the background and what he does here over at uh, Bailbreaker and his his past, present, and future, if you will. Awesome. No, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful day today. Um, pretty standard, mid-July, uh, not too hot, which is nice. Usually we crack the hundreds out here. It's probably about high, high 80s, low 90s right now. Uh, that's what six o'clock so uh, we are sitting right in the middle we're in the back of the brewery kind of staring at part of field 41 which is left um, this field was full it went all the way out to the road obviously on the radio you can't see it but uh, the trellis went all the way out to the corner we when we knocked down uh, part of this field number 41 which used to be a cascade hop field um, which has now been replanted this year uh, with 682 an experimental variety we're excited about um, we uh, we wanted to kind of have that feeling almost of kind of a winery feel you know so many people love going to wineries drink the wine tasting everything but kind of being right in the mix right around all the vines um, we, we wanted that experience that uh, nobody else had um, as far as we know in the u.s we're the only uh, production brewery based on a commercially harvested hop farm um, in, in the u.s and maybe the world there probably is one in germany rolling around but uh, for the most part uh, it's a very unique experience out here. And, and Schneider might have some fields, I think. Something out there, something yeah. Like so, um, but we love it out here. Um, you know, our owners are, they grew up in the hop fields. This is uh, how, you know, it's in their blood. And we wanted to kind of pass it on and expose the beauty that we have out here in the Yakima Valley to the Yakima Valley. Because a lot of people that live here and they've honestly lived here their whole lives have no idea what this beautiful little crop is for how it's used you know and in the last five years it's obviously came on a lot stronger but um no we live in a we live in a beautiful part of the part of the country a part of the world and uh we have a lot of fun out here we we you know kind of that farm to farm to table farm to glass vibe you know our, our tagline if you will is fresh off the farm because it doesn't get any fresher out here so absolutely yeah, that definitely hop to glass is, is definitely present in the beers uh, I've drank in the past. Um, you guys, I was personally just astounded to find out how like much production you guys are putting out annually. Um, I don't know if you guys have broken a record this year, but it's it's been great to see how relevant you are in the Western Washington community. And um, I think how relevant you guys are just to beer in general. I think... Um, Bailbreaker, and, and for someone who moved up here from the Bay Area, um, was always a really exciting place to come visit, and I, this is my first time out here, and getting to talk to John's been an absolute pleasure and privilege. Um, just really kind of puts things in perspective for for Washington, I think, and, and Washington beer. 
Uh, we're looking at a brewery who's completely facilitated out of Yakima and is surrounded by acreage of, of phenomenal hot product and, and some of the most innovative and, and forward-pushing hot product that we're being looking at, not only in the United States, but on a worldwide basis now. Uh, I can't tell you how many times living in the Bay Area um, I encountered German or Czech or or even like Polish or Danish uh, brewers who come in and, and, you know, working at the brewery I've had the privilege to work out in the past and other breweries, it's like, we want to know about your IPAs. We, we're very familiar with these ancient styles to, that to us are awesome and like exciting. And we're like, wow, we can only hope that one day we could even touch how amazing your lagers and, and other styles are, are actually coming through. And then we, we look at our IPAs and we're actually pushing the envelope on a worldwide scale, just literally out of Yakima and, and Bell Breakers at the forefront of it all. Um, but yeah, we're drinking some pretty interesting beers. Uh, John and I are just hanging out here, literally sitting on some kegs, looking at the <laughs> fucking hot farm, having a great time. Um, he's been so great to host us and, and, and literally have some time to just kick back and drink some beer. So, uh, John, you want to talk a little bit about what you're drinking? Definitely. Uh, yeah, pretty solid Wednesday, huh? In the shade here. It's it, it, Like we said, it is pretty hot, so it's nice to kind of sit back out here. Um, I'm actually drinking kind of my go-to in the in the warmer months. It's our Raging Ditch Dry Hop Blonde. Um, I don't think I answered your question. For, I'm our sales manager. Um, I was actually the first employee here. It's kind of a family, family business around here. Family owns the hop fields, and then other part of the family owns kind of the brewery here. And so um, I grew up with everyone, went to high school with everyone. Uh, we're very close. I'm not blood, but it's about as close as you get. So um, being the first employee around here, I've seen us grow from three fermentation vessels uh, where we could you know, have the capacity to do about 2,800 barrels to now. Uh, I think this year, if we can get there, we'll, we'll, we'll get up near that 30,000 barrel mark in, in uh, under five years, which is for us, especially because we only distribute our beer in the state of Washington uh, and a tiny sliver in northern Idaho. Um, I think that's a pretty great success. We take a lot of pride in that because we Absolute find that success. Yeah, we find it's that ever you know that. you know we we like to you know have people around us and close to us enjoy our beer and it's it's never been about how many states we can be in or how much you know distribution how far our reach can be. We'd rather have it fresh and close and that way obviously the beer is uh, a direct correlation and and, and it, um, you know we want it to taste just how our brewers want it to taste and so. Uh, we try to provide that to our drinkers, but uh, I'm actually having our Raging Ditch Dry Hop Blonde, um, which I'm also having. We're we're both like enjoying, <laughs> enjoying this beer. It. It's uh, awesome kind of summer brew. We kind of stay away from the uh, the tagline seasonal, you know, summer, winter, whatnot, just because we know how they kind of go away when somebody's you know thinking winter. It winter's over in you know September. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And on I the mean, shelf, summer's, I've come summer's to find done out, in June, right? So, uh, I pretty much <laughs> moved in in the most brutal winter, apparently, that we've had recorded in 10 years. So, <laughs> I'm just ready for the worst at this point. We, uh, When we name our beers, we try to keep everything kind of true to brand and true to where we're from. And Like our Top Cutter IPA is named after the piece of farm equipment that uh, is second in line in the harvest process. The Bottom Cutter Imperial IPA is named for the... The, the tractor that goes through and cuts the binds at the bottom to start the harvesting process so raging ditch dry hop blonde is kind of a, a funny joke for us internally it's when they open the irrigation ditches uh they don't go that fast yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time for that water to fill up in there for them to actually reach a crop so it's kind of a joke the raging ditch with a d 
uh, every beer festival and people in the tap room. You'd, some of the names we get through there are pretty funny. But uh, it's an awesome, uh, really approachable blonde ale. You're not going to get kind of the traditional honey malts or too much sweetness out of it. I noticed that. This, this is... This is really pushing the envelope for blondes for me because I've always turned away from an, a traditional American style blonde. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, continue. This is this is just extremely unique. Very kind of uh, indicative of all the beers we try to brew. Very dry style. Ferment it way out. Dry it out. Uh, take all the RS, all the residual sugar out of it, and let the hops sh- shine through. You know, we use a very basic neutral malt bill. Um, with our two row and then a, a few specialty malts here and there but we don't want to ever overshadow the hop crop that's what we have here and that's right. who we are you know we're the the world's leader and the nation's leader in hop production uh last time i checked it's about 70 75 percent depending on who you talk to of the u.s, US and, yeah. and then about just a tick over 50 uh, for the world's crop so we have a unique situation here and uh, so for us especially where we're located um you know we got to do our due diligence due diligence excuse me and showcase the amazing crop there's some awesome experimentals coming out of here and uh so we get to play around with those a lot uh raging ditch dry hop blonde it's uh about 5.3 percent alcohol we say 20 ibus but it's probably running around more 30 something like that we dry hop can i cuss yeah we dry hop the shit out of this cuss. thing <laughs> we dry, we dry hop the shit out of it let's hear um, what hops we, we, we uh, fuck it up with no so we we essentially not much on the hot side not much in the kettle a uh, little whirlpool edition um but it's a big equinot beer it used to be equinox you had to change the name uh, but equinot and 344 and so um just kind of a great tropical nose but very kind of balanced a little bit of floral a little bit of citrus uh, i know those are pretty basic words but it's a big punch on the nose but it doesn't really drink like it smells so this is kind of a great introductory beer for a lot of people especially in the yakima valley uh, because they get the chance to kind of drink something that's hoppy, quote-unquote, that isn't bitter. And so it's us kind of doing a favor to them to kind of educate them that yeah. hoppy doesn't always have to mean bitter, which we run We're into Pushing out, like, just perceived bitterness altogether. Definitely. Uh, perceived bitterness is just, I don't know, Bale Breaker is probably, and should be, probably one of the primary factors in really educating people on that whole realm of things. But when I drink this blonde, man, I honestly... From all the single IPAs I've had or experimental, like, one-off shoots, I really feel like this is what people are shooting for. We're looking at the cleanest malt background that we're looking at. And I don't know if it's because in in most typical blondes, what we're looking at is, like, a crash beer, right? A beer that's been crash-conditioned almost to the extent of, like, a lager. Not mm-hmm. quite in time sense, but really in temperature sense as far as fermentation goes. But you guys are doing the Whirlpool edition of hops. It doesn't happen to fall off too fucking fast at all. And do you guys dry hop this at all? We do. So we're at a probably close to about two pounds per barrel, which we dry hop just about all of our IPAs at. A little bit more on Imperial and a little bit less on our flagship pale ale. Um, but that's us. It's all, you know, we focus on a lot of late editions because that's how you get, um, you can showcase the hops in their purest form because you know those aromatics and a little bit of the flavor profile is going to shine through instead of ripping the alpha acids out of it during a boil so um us you know you were seeing a big turn in the demand for the the aromatic hop varietals in this area and, and all the brewers that's what they want and, and it's it yields again like we were talking about bitterness it yields that that perceived bitterness no matter what the number is 120 anything in between um it, it's it's all about what everybody's palate uh, perceives yeah. and so and now we're really looking at alpha i mean like 
my geeking out is alpha acids, alpha beta acids, mm-hmm. the beta acids. How are we looking at alpha acids today in modern times? I mean, and I say modern times, literally it's like five years ago that people really started pioneering, <laughs> like even a lot of hybrid stuff. It's like, man, things have changed quite a bit. I, I don't necessarily think that like we can really even relate to alpha acids the same way we were relating it before. Like I, I find like a lot of the East coast brewers I talk to now with this whole haze craze. <laughs> and, and that's why I love that I'm here at bill breaker. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like here we are drinking some of the brightest beers and, and you'll be able to check those out on our website. Just take a look. Uh, we'll have some fo- total shots of this beautiful beer. Um, but we're looking at a really bright beer. It's straw colored, it, it, but you would never, the head retention is glorious. You never actually imagine how hopped up this beer is. It's phenomenal. You're getting you're getting some earthy notes up front, but it's finishing out completely well-rounded. And it's really quite blowing my mind that, I mean, not really for Bell Breaker blowing my <laughs> mind, but I mean, like, it blows my mind that, like, here we are in an era or a period or a phase or whatever you want to call it where we're looking at a lot of beer from, like, an opaque, very hazy Definitely. Kind of, standpoint it's like how i mean i'm not knocking it and i and and if you've heard our podcast before i always in the first bring up well there's the haze craze and yeah. we've had a couple other like serial kind of things pop up here and there but here we are at bell breaker they're pushing the envelope yeah. and we're getting all the hot profiles and the beer looks like beer <laughs> you know I, haze uh, it's all right it's just not how we brew beer and that's okay uh, i think that is fundamentally the beauty of beer i think that everybody to each their own you know whether you're brewing it in your basement your garage or you're on a 250 barrel system at at a large brewery anything in between i I think that whatever yourself or your business model is i think stay true to yourself into that and brew the beer that you love and brew the beer that you like to drink and that you like to showcase and we've always stayed true to that and that's what we like to do we like dry crisp clean bright beers that allow oh. the hops which we're sitting in essentially to showcase through you know and some we, we people kinda... think dry is not juicy but yeah. let me tell you this blonde is juicy <laughs> as fuck it's it's dry it's jolly in the mouthfeel but you're getting all the tropical notes that i, I hazy's want. lazy we kind of joke everyone hazy's well. lazy <laughs> i mean but that no, is, I, I, i'm just oh, joking that's been thrown around the brew house i work joke, out but, that's been thrown around but no I, 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 alone, but I again mean, back to my point though that's just a joke but you know I've had some damn. Some of the best beers I've had have been amazing, and they've been hazy. You know, I, I kind of like to drink it with my eyes closed. You know, yeah, that's and true. It's, uh, but, but then the, you start picking up vegetal tannins, yeah. things like that. You never know. But, so. but I agree with you on that standpoint. I'm like, that's just why we're here and why we're talking about it. It's yeah. just like, do you view Bale Breaker ever going that direction? I mean, you're the marketing guy, so this is like a big loaded question for you yeah i mean you're you're um, you're feeling out the market you're feeling yeah out as our sales want. guy you know our, our, our sales manager I, I i see a lot of stuff obviously that's part of my job not just trying to sling the beer but uh, seeing what everybody else is doing you know um we like to see what other people are doing but again back to my last point we, we don't really want to conform that much um we did we just finished an expansion in december uh, we added about sixteen thousand square feet solely for production packaging uh conditioning all that but uh uh, we, we did add a five-barrel pilot system uh, into that area. And so we've had the opportunity to allow our brewers to venture out and, and, and be creative. And, excuse me, we've uh, we've added, you know, those guys have had the opportunity to kind of brew whatever they want. Right. We've knocked around the idea of doing kind of a Northeast IPA. Um, that's what you want to call it. 
Um, but you know, we're not against anything. You know, we're it's all about beer, and and we might take the style and put our little spin on it because people are like, oh, it's so hoppy, but that's us, and that's okay. If you don't like hoppy, that's all right, but but that's us, you right? Know? And there's a lot of other people that make damn good beer that might not be as hoppy, you know. But, oh, but your that's IPL, the, like, the <laughs> your IPL, and I've I've done collaborations, and and I won't even speak of the breweries I've done it with, but. Like the IPLs, that's a challenging beer to pull off, man. That's just like not something you pull off, and and the amount of IBUs or perceived bitterness, if you will, um, in that particular beer is just, is just mind blowing. I mean, I think it's like a whole. You guys are, you guys are pioneering a lot of like really interesting stuff in a time where I think people are getting kind of fed up or not fed up, but they're looking for the next step in hopped yeah. up beers. Yeah, and like and that and that might be in haze craze or whatever. And now that we're starting to find these hot varietals that are mimicking fruit in ways that we never would have thought Definitely. maybe five, ten years ago, it's just how do you stand away from like making a puree of beer and hops, <laughs> exactly. if you will, or yeah. creating a, a beer that, like, I mean, damned if I have to say it, we pioneered. We yeah. we created these hops. There's a way we can still create clean, bright beer. Exactly. No, we, uh, um, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and we get a lot of feedback of, you know, I don't want to say pushback, but oh, quote unquote, oh, another IPA. Well, I think what we love about that style is it's so broad. It's so broad. You can make, you know, more of a malt forward. You can make a super dry like we like to do. Um, you can make something that's overly bit. You know, you can hop it up in the kettle and bitter it out, or we can, you know, late edition everything kind of like we do. It's such a broad spectrum for the style that you know everybody gets their own kind of they get to put their own stamp on it and and for us it's late edition hop you know hop four but but all aromatic and all flavor 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 based and again we get to showcase what we have and and i think that you know at the end of the day people are going to drink what they like to drink um but the IPA is not going anywhere because right. it is so broad. Right. And we get the opportunity to kind of, like you're saying, talk about. it's definitely not leaving Yakima. So. Definitely not you leaving Yakima anytime soon. So fuck yourself you if you might, think it is. You might not see an amber from us anytime, but but it. that's okay. There's a lot of other good ambers out there that people like to drink, and, and that's great. But uh, for us, you know, it's who we are, and it's who we, you know, we're going to stay true, and we're going to do what we feel is right by us, and we hope that we can keep, you know, continually brewing clean, consistent beer that people enjoy that that is a, uh, a a good kind of showcase of what we have here in the Yakima Valley and I encourage anybody that's never been here uh, we kind of get a bad rap it's a little bit smaller city and whatnot and you know about two hours from Seattle by by car it's really quick or a 20 minute flight it's nothing uh, but uh, I don't want to compare it or put it on the same level as a like a Napa Valley but but it really is like the crop product that's coming out of here is very similar to the grape product that's coming out of the Napa Valley. You get the best wine grapes, you know. They say out of the Napa yeah, Valley, you're I getting mean, the best, the best hops, hops out of like, the Yakima Valley. You got to stress. You got to have those stressing temperatures for yep, hops. You Just do. As stressful exactly. as you got to have on their wine grapes. And Hot day, cool nights. Moving man. up here from the Bay Area, I honestly could tell you that. I mean, this is it. I mean, when they when they literally compare this Napa, there's no joke. Um, Fritz Maytag wasn't wrong in saying it. Uh, and Grossman wasn't wrong in saying it, and I, I've witnessed it today for the first day in my life, and I'm telling you guys right now that it's it's beautiful, and it's, that it is. the crop is gorgeous. Um, John, yeah, thanks a bunch for having Brew Coven on air, and thanks for all the hospitality. I mean, I 
Our pleasure. I love it. You took time out of your day, your production schedule, your your, your day in day out um, to come out here and talk to us. And, That's what we do. And uh, the beer is beautiful. Have a beer. <laughs> it's been great coming out here, and um, the scene is gorgeous. Uh, do you have anything else to add to these to, to our listeners here? I mean, um, like, I mean, they're probably all drink what you like, man. It. Drink what you like, like what you drink, and uh, you know, keep supporting that local, but. But, uh, you know, be honest and, and try to train your palate in the correct way to, you know, and ask questions. Um, don't Always don't ask pigeon, questions, yeah, don't, don't pigeonhole yourself and think that you, you like something or don't like something just because somebody told you you probably don't or do. And so trust your palate. Enjoy what you like, whether it's, whether it's water or wine or, or a hopped-up IPA or, a, you know, an amber ale, whatever that might be. If, if your palate likes it, keep drinking it. And uh, keep supporting local breweries and... Uh, We'll keep doing our best to kind of, you know, pushing the envelope and, and, and making better beer for everybody. So it's kind of, it's not a competition. We all, we know it's a big kind of um, brotherhood, if you will, for lack of a better term, that we all want each other and we need each other to do well and to succeed. And so um, I think it's, but I, th- I think that's the beauty of it is nobody's, nobody steals recipes. Nobody wants to brew the other guy's beer. You know, they want to put their own stamp on it and they want to make the beer that they like making. And, um, and I think that's a beautiful thing that we can all have somewhat similar yet very different beers that all can sell um, but clean beer wins and so yeah. uh, ask a lot of questions but like what you drink yeah so and if you guys have any questions for John or myself uh, definitely inquire within the website it's just www.brewcoven.com um, and I'll be out there definitely get those shot over to John uh, or myself uh, and you know it's beautiful out here we're, we're really pioneering it and I can't agree with John Moore. Educate yourself on beer. Um, you'll be, have fun you'll with be, it. you'll have fun with it. Drink beer. You're already drinking it, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but drink beer and think about your local economy. And and I'm damned if I have to say it, but you know, support your state and beer, and and support your community and your city if you have to. Yep. I mean, it's, it's we're all in this together. We're all gonna make great beer, and um, some of us will make better beer, but. Mm-hmm. We're in it to influence each other, right? That's right. So, damn right. Thanks right, a lot bro, for having hey, us, brother. My yeah. pleasure, man. Anytime. Yeah. Doors always great. open, and uh, anybody listening, uh, don't hesitate. If you ever roll through the tap room and, and say you heard uh, heard the podcast, just just roll up and, uh, and and come by. We'd love to show you around. The doors always open. So, awesome, yeah. awesome, always. Thanks. Cheers. So much. You guys have a good one. Thanks for listening to Brew Coven. <laughs>